Limited mileage. Don't stand, don't stand so, don't stand so close to me. All right, hello, all my fellow Quentin Quarantinos. What the hell is going on, ladies and gentlemen, friends and colleagues, listeners? My name is Greg Hoy. This is the Limited Mileage Podcast, and I'm editing conversation I had just this weekend uh, with my friend Alex Nolan. It seems like a long time ago, but it was only... What is today? It's Thursday? Five days ago that I was in New York City hoping to see... Well, expecting to see a bunch of musicals. Uh, doing a little research because I'm working on one myself. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the coronavirus had other plans. And weirdly, talking to Alex was kind of the perfect thing. Alex is currently on Broadway. Uh, she has toured with Cindy Lauper, uh, Cindy Lauper's touring guitarist. Um, we talk about a bunch of stuff. Alex was in an early version of Greg Hoy and the Boys in New York City some, some moons ago. How's everybody doing? I feel like I've been podcasting for a few years now and talking to myself has become easy. Talking to the imaginary friends and real friends into a microphone. But now it's like it's a skill everyone seems to learn as we social distance, which I don't like that term. How about physical distance? I don't think we should socially distance. I think social distancing is going to hurt us more than any flu bug, especially right now in these troubled times. I encourage you, wherever you are and in whatever state of quarantine you and your local, national, and state government have determined to be safe, I encourage you to reach out to all your friends and stay connected. We've already... Had a few nights here in uh, Northern California that we've been uh, told to stay inside, not go out. And we've done a few virtual happy hours with some trusted friends. I'm doing my best to check in on everybody, including my family, my 90, almost 90-year-old 90 father, who I was supposed to see uh, today, this week, but due to these circumstances, flew back. Uh, from New York City seven days early because I'm not going to lie I was a little afraid I was going to get stranded there I was a little afraid they were going to close the airports um, the speed at which things changed uh, has been unpredictable and unexpected so talking to Alex Nolan there's a few things you need to know about her um, she's an exceptional musician and when I, I talk about in the interview, I've only twice in my life played my own songs live and not played guitar at the same time. And the reason I was capable and able to do this was Alex Nolan. She stepped in, played guitar. I always had this fantasy of being like The Who or Guided by Voices or Van Halen. What would it be like to just hold a microphone? And anyone out there that is a performing musician probably has some small fantasy to try another instrument or try another role in the live performance. So Alex, uh, in addition to my other good friend, Rich Bennett, who I'll be talking to uh, tomorrow, I believe, uh, for a podcast episode, both Alex and Rich played the dual guitars and we performed at Hank's. I don't think Hank's is any longer, no longer with us. Hank's uh, Rootin' Tootin' Honky Tonk Saloon in Brooklyn, New York. Um, there's actually a recording of this performance. We played two performances and uh, we recorded both. And the, the one, the recording of one, excuse me, came out better than the other. And that is on Spotify, live at Hank's, Greg Hoy. And the boys, you can check that out if you want, if you care. Um, how's everybody doing? Are you holding in? Are you holding on? Uh, this too shall pass. George Harrison. It's in some band. Um, what are we doing here? Well, we are settled into our house 
in the slight mountains of uh, of the east east of the bay, the San Francisco Bay. Uh, we're doing our best to still have contact with people. Um, we're doing a lot of projects. We feel like we are very fortunate that we got this house uh, and we're not in an air our airstream somewhere in America while this is all going on. Um, we have a lot of empathy for the people that are in weird spots or under some sort of uh, shakiness. Um, we're all kind of in it together and it's, you know, it's a good reminder. We've always all been it together, but, but now more than ever, I think, uh, economically and socially and physically, we, we are taking, let's take a moment to realize, um, you know, it, it affects us all, you know, one good sun flare, uh, air, water, all these things. Stop hoarding toilet paper, people. What's your problem? Jeez. I just had to say that. Um, I'm here. Reach out to me. Greg.hoy at gmail.com. Instagram, Greg Hoy and the boys. Limitedmileage.com. Uh, you can listen to all the episodes we've done so far. There's a bunch of video stuff up there from the tour last year. This actually started as a, as a little bit of a, a fun video series. And now I've migrated so I can get more done uh, and talk to more people and more friends. Uh, and I think now more than ever, it's important, uh, that we reach out and stay connected, even if it's over a Wi-Fi signal or a cell phone. Uh, thank you, Alex Nolan, who talked to me from her bunker, uh, when I was in sitting in the Ace Hotel, uh, freaking out myself. Um, we had a great conversation. I think you can hear some of the the weariness in both our voices, some of the uh, what, what the fuck's going on-ness that now I think most of us are experiencing. And uh, stay in touch and try to have a good PMA, positive mental attitude, and make art and make something, make dinner, make time for yourself. Here's Alex Nolan. Welcome to the Limited Mileage Podcast. I'm here today with a dear friend from years ago, Guitarist, musician, Alex Nolan. Hello, Alex. Hello, dear friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're both quarantined right now. I guess. In some, somewhat. Yeah. Some, some shape or form. You're yeah. in uh, upper, upstate New York right now. Well, it's not really upstate. It's in Westchester County. But, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, where the where ground zero of this virus outbreak is. <laughs> Basically. Oh, really? I didn't know that. No. Well, yeah, Westchester has the most cases in New York State. And actually, it's like one of the biggest hot spots in the country. Oh, I, I had no idea. I did yeah. not put two and two together. I consider upstate New York anything above 14th Street. Right. Yeah, totally. As <laughs> as many do. And that's, I get it. We met in the 2000s, in the 00s. And you played, we played together. You were in my band for a while. Yeah. I don't remember how, did we meet on Craigslist? Is no, that? you know, we met through a mutual friend. We met, I think, through Rebecca Pronsky. Ah, and, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rich that was Bennett. Yep. And that was the first, that was the second iteration of Greg Hoy and the Boys. And I always got that question. And that's when that question started because I generally try to have at least one woman in my band. Yeah. And I would get a question from some like idiot that would be like, hey, she's not a boy. Mm hmm. That's what you think. No. <laughs> You don't know. <laughs> right. You don't know. But we were on tour this past summer and, you know, um, Vicky, who you introduced yeah. me to, who's playing bass now, who's thank you. I still owe you dinner for that. She uh, we, we did some benefit and some dude kept bringing it up. He was such a moron. He was like mm. the MC, And I was like, finally, I was like, I forget what I said to him, but I was just like, man, this is 2020. Like, stop, right. you know, yeah, with the humor. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's a whole other angry podcast. I, <laughs> as I told you before the mics are on, I came here to see musicals, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're currently the guitarist in one of the, I, I hear it's like one of the biggest ones on Broadway right now. It seems so. It's, it's, um, it's been very well received so far. Yeah. yeah. I re I read some of the press on it and I was like, I got to go see this. And I had no, I had no real interest outside of knowing you. And right. it just didn't seem it. And then I read about the plot and everything. I'm like, wow, this is actually sounds 
pretty, pretty great. How did you, uh, yeah. how did this all happen? Talk a little about working with the Alanis Morissette musical. Sure. This is the first musical that I've been in, that I've held the chair for. Um, and over the years of like playing in New York City and just knowing musicians who who were doing the Broadway gigs, um, it's just kind of like over that time um, when uh, opportunities arise, especially right now, they're really Broadway's making a strong effort to hire more women because yeah. they haven't been so great at that over, over the years. Like you many know, industries. Yeah. in history, Of course, of course, throughout history. And, um, you know, and the reality is there aren't as many of us out there uh, that do it at a certain level, yeah. um, which this actually, I believe, can influence more to think that they can do it as a profession, you know, um, especially yeah. where we're in bands that are on the stage, which also shows are doing more and more uh, of that. And so, you know, girl, young women can see, uh, oh, like, wow, there's a woman playing drums or, you know, like, wow, I could do that too. Um, I think that's a lot of the reason a lot of, you know, women don't take it up as profession is they don't see themselves doing it. Yeah, they don't have the example that this is a path I can take. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think, you know, I my other life is is in the Silicon Valley and it's a very similar story where people say, why aren't there more women that know how to code? And it's exactly the same thing. Yes. Until you start having women coding that can right. mentor and, and present an example. Exactly. Um, for younger people. What, how did you get started? I, I kind of know your origin story, but how did you get started? Like, what was the, the origin of like how you got into playing guitar and being a musician? Yeah. Um, well, my mom is a singer. Um, a lot of my family, like they're very musical. Um, and my mom was a singer actress growing up. And, uh, my father owned, um, co-owned, uh, a cabaret club in the city. Um, called Freddy's Supper Club. And nice. so when I was like really little and I li we lived in the city till I was five and, um, you know, we would like go there and my mom would be singing and just I just kind of grew up around that scene. Yeah. Um, but my older sister was super into pop music and, you know, Cyndi Lauper actually was like She's So Unusual was my sister's first record, funnily Irony. enough. Irony. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the listener, it, for the listener, yeah. let me interrupt. Alex yeah. is still currently the guitarist for Cindy Lauper. Yeah, yeah. So that was why <laughs> that was the, the word irony was thrown out. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um. Yeah. So anyway, so she was super into pop music and radio, and I just, um, you know, I remember like when her getting Nevermind, and just hearing the sound of electric guitar just always turned me on as a as a kid and i just wanted to play electric guitar so badly so yeah. i begged my parents um and it took a couple years for them to realize that i was really serious about it um but they got me or santa claus got me an electric guitar when i was seven <laughs> what what <laughs> um, kind was it what was the model do you remember? i still have it and i can see it from where i'm sitting right now it's um it's it's a yamaha pacifica yeah red oh so good for christmas yeah so good <laughs> is yeah. it the ones with the really thin necks it's pretty thin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like the Pacifica's always had those like razory sharp 80s shredder necks yeah Yep, which was perfect for my little seven-year-old hand, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I, I just just loved playing. I would play all the time, and I took started taking lessons right away. And, uh, yeah, ended up going to college for it, and here we are. Yeah, you were probably – I think you were the first person that I felt like I played with that, I, that was in my band that I felt like – I was like – the people say she's pro he's pro you were like a pro like i remember the first few rehearsals we had you just stepped in and i was like oh in fact i will say i've only ever played two gigs without yeah. playing guitar and they were both because you were on guitar like i was oh, like i had yeah. such control issues i still do about my music and i was like i want to do the guided by voices thing for a couple gigs and you were down and i remember I, we have recordings of that they're online and um yes 
It was the only time I felt completely comfortable oh, not, not having a guitar strapped on. So yeah. for me, that says volumes. I don't know how good my opinion really stands up to anything else. But so Cindy Lauper uh, is a, an influence on you way yeah. before way before you ever got the call for the gig. Sure. Yeah. What? Um, yes. When that happened, were you like, did, is it something that you kind of manifested? Is it something that sort of fell into your lap? Like, how was the kind of the inception of that? Yeah. So that, like, like many things, actually, just came up and happened immediately. It was one of those, like, you know, you wake up one morning and get an email and a few yeah. hours later, you're on a plane basically or yeah so that was definitely one of those things um i had i had been working on a tv show called the meredith vieira show yeah. for a couple years and and the show got canceled and before it completely ended they stopped using the band in the show oh wow so yeah so we kind of like like you would still hear us but we weren't there budget um, cuts to, exactly so that was a huge bummer. And that yeah. was like the spring of, that was exactly four years ago. Real exactly actually. Wow. And so I was, you know, had just lost my job and as, you know, as we do a lot, right. In this industry. Um, yeah. and was still kind of, you know, teaching and doing side gigs as I've always done. Um, and just thinking like, all right, well, we'll see, you know, what, what comes up now and just keep doing it. And uh, yeah, so I got an email from Cindy's manager one morning. And Crazy. I know. And she didn't say what um, she didn't say that it was for Cindy, but she, she said, I manage a few different acts and she yeah. did names. She did say Cindy, but not that it was for that. And she was like, you know, what are, I just want to know what your plans are like over the next few months. Are you in town like um, available? And I just wrote back and said, yeah, I'm, I'm around. Like what's would, would love to talk to you about your project. And then she called me and said, how soon can you be at SIR today? And I was <laughs> like, um, you know, in an hour, I guess. She was like, all right, well, you know, we I'm, I manage Cindy Lopper and she's going on tour in a week and it didn't work out with the current guitar player and we need someone like yesterday. So can you can you come in and play and just learn time, girls, money? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, totally. And, you know, I kind of like know those songs um, yeah. already. So I. uh just went through them, like practice, made little charts, make sure I didn't like screw up on the forms or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, went in, met her, played those few songs, and then they immediately started teaching me the album that she was going to tour. So it all happened really, really quickly and unexpectedly. That's amazing. And and honestly, it's pretty often that, you know, people talk about the word luck. I love that yeah. word. Because mm -hmm. anytime someone says it to me about my success. Mm -hmm. I, I quote them this thing I heard one time, which is luck is just a uh, preparation meeting opportunity. Right. Yes. And that's really all it is. Like you were ready, you were there and like right. the universe put, put the paths together. What yes. was it like? Like was Cindy, was Cindy there when you got to the studio or like the rehearsal yes. or was it just a band rehearsal? She was, it was both like they were rehearsing also and, and uh, she was there. And so I met her, and then she left the room while I worked with the musical director, William Whitman, who is, um, has worked with Cindy for years. And he actually engineered She's So Unusual, among many other things for Cindy. But he's a, he's a famous engineer and producer and, yeah. uh, and her bass player and musical director. So he immediately started working with me on like, like teaching me all the parts. And I was just like, you know, trying to learn things quickly and... And yeah. was it a tour where you were doing a full set or was it one of those tours where she was like, you know, doing like five or six songs? Yes. So this tour was for the album she did called Detour, um, which was a country record, actually. So she did um, a lot of famous country songs and um, and still like mixed in with some of her hits and some and some of those we did in a slightly different way, you know, to 
to kind of go twang, along. Twang with it up a little bit. Set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like she loves to like on She Bop, she loves to do the, you know, the da 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 da. Really? I guess is that the good, the bad, and the ugly? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It, it's something from. Ah, looks, yeah, that's yeah. Good, bad, that's good. You know, bad Western movie. shit. Yeah. Sergio Morricone. Oh, okay. Right on. I think that's who yeah. wrote that. Did you use a Telecaster yeah. for that tour? Yes. Yes. So I actually look. That's love the law, playing. right? <laughs> yeah. I used that, and I actually also used um, my jazz box, which I hadn't really played since college. Uh, because we played this song called Cowboy Sweetheart, which was kind of like a fast country, like Django-y uh, thing, which I, one of the hardest things I had to do was transcribe that solo, which is super fast. And um, yeah. So Dude, it was trial, trial by fire. And it was how long from rehearsals to the tour? Oh, like a week. We played wow. on the Seth Meyers show a couple days after that rehearsal think yeah like that first week that i was there and and then we actually the first show of the tour was at the ryman auditorium in nashville oh, which I was love super that room cool. that's yeah. such a cool room did you feel like in retrospect because that that was a while ago now like right a couple years yeah four, four years ago yep right do you feel like in retrospect it was better that you didn't have a lot of time to think about what was happening to your career yes sure <laughs> yeah you i know? mean Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, man, I think it's, sometimes it's just good to be under the gun, you know, and yeah. like really be like, wow, I have to learn all this music like in a few days and and be awesome. And <laughs> just, yeah. you know, um, and then it's all it's great to see like what we're capable of doing sometimes, you know, like, sure, it's easy to get discouraged a lot, you know, when think like, uh, you know, you're not super busy or whatever. And then when you're, when you have to step up and do it, you're like, wow, I could be like this all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which I mean, that kind of leads me to another question. You, you went from doing this sort of same thing with her show, like yeah. let's a talk show every day. You show up at the same place. Like a lot of people, you step mm -hmm. in, you do your job, you go home, you know, your schedule, Right. Um, which it sounds like that's what you're doing now with the Alanis Morissette musical. But yeah. I, would, I would think the Cyndi Lauper thing was like, you're traveling, you're hoteling. Mm -hmm. Tell me about like the kind of the compare, the contrasts, which do you need both? Do you prefer one or the other? Right. I mean, I, I can talk about this for a long time because yeah. I, but I'm, I want to know your opinion. Sure. Um, wow. Well, yeah, all, all, all of these past three projects, let's say, that I've done, um, yes, are very different. And I would even say, I know you were comparing the two, like the TV show, the talk show schedule with um, the Alanis Morissette musical. But I would say that they're, they're still very different in that when we did the talk show thing, we were still playing like different music every show, you know, like, Got yes, it. you have the theme song and, Bumps. um, you know, but the, the musical director there, Everett Bradley, who is one of my closest friends and he plays percussion and sings with Bon Jovi now. Awesome. Um, but at, at the time he was touring with Bruce Springsteen. So he's like big time. Baller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like one of the greatest, human beings in the world don't get me started Aww. ever it. but anyway but so he uh would just you know be writing every day for, like little bumpers and so it was always a lot of fun to just kind of play new music constantly and like even though yeah. we, we had like the routine of going in there for, for there it was 7 a.m call every day and um you know so it was like it was super early seven to like we'd be done by about 3 30 uh, but yeah, we were playing this, uh, you know, different music, the musical yeah. thing, <laughs> Broadway. <laughs> now let's talk about Broadway. Opposite, right. That's like the total opposite. Um, I, you know, I was hesitant to do a Broadway show prior to this one because I felt like if I'm going to do the same thing every day, it yeah. has to be something like music that I love, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Um, and I did when I when I was offered the position to play for this musical for Jagged Little Pill, being a huge fan of the album and Alanis Morissette, I was like, yeah, that I would do. You know? Yeah. But yeah. it is it's it's a weird thing. Yes. Like you go in there and you play the same thing and you're yeah. supposed to, you know, and there right. really isn't like any. um so you're all like you're it's more about like mental fortitude. Yeah. Discipline. Than anything else. Exactly. And, and how do you keep focused. it? I read an interview years ago. I think it was Eric Clapton, mm -hmm. I want to say, who I just for the record will say I, I do not like Eric Clapton. I, I don't. Yeah. Wanna, I don't want to fight about it with anyone. I yeah. Just don't no, like I, it. I, think, I I've had many conversations with people about this. Yeah. And I and just I but <laughs> I just I don't get it. Like yeah. I, I like the I like the old stuff and the Gibson stuff, and then mm. as soon as he like switched to a Strat, something happened. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh, I'm probably too young to really get into that argument. But I think I read that he played the same solo mm. on every yeah. song every night, and he yeah. did it as a form of discipline for himself. Okay, which I guess I can get. But yeah. part of why I like to play music is that unpredictableness, with which generally for me when I'm performing is during the guitar solo. <laughs> right. right. How much how much leeway do you have? Um, not really any. I mean, got it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say like you might articulate something slightly different. To, you know, like I might think about it like, okay, let's make this really beautiful tonight you know, or something, <laughs> like as opposed to yesterday. No, but like you can kind of like tell yourself, but it's not something like that anyone would notice, sure. you know, it's sure. really just for yourself. So it's not like the whole band's looking at each other, rolling, rolling eyeballs, like here um, we go again. No, sometimes, and you know, since we know it really well, like actually um, our bass player, um, Vashon Johnson, who's amazing, and he, he actually toured with Miley Cyrus for like 10 years. And he's, um, he, yeah, anyway, he's playing bass in this Atlantis musical. And he just got a new chorus pedal. And like he plays, which he uses on the ironic, the song sure. and, and for some reason, like he does these little slides on it. Um, and it's the way that it sounds with this new chorus pedal is just like, we notice it more. Yeah, <laughs> so now yeah. we've like been looking at each other like, oh, that was cool. Little eyeball um, for the fill. But that's about it. You know, Got it. Got it. <laughs> like those little tiny things. <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, how about doing the touring life? Like, yes, being on the road, staying at different hotels. Yeah, um, that's also a whole thing. Yeah, me uh, mental fortitude, I would say, is a, it's a different kind, you know, um, yeah. and just like, uh, you know, I, I have to say that Cindy's schedule is is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Like we would only do about three, maybe four shows a week. Got so. It you know, sometimes like two days in a row, but you have, you have days off to kind of recuperate, which is really nice. And, um, and we would also be in nice accommodations. So yeah, be comfortable, you know? Yeah. The hardest thing is just that like, you know, we would always leave after a show, like we head to the next city at night. Yeah. Which Got is it. great. Except that, you, you know, often you arrive at the hotel at like four in the morning and yeah. then so you get up check in and then you're like up for a couple hours and then you're hungry and then you know you just kind of get messed up constantly yeah i'll bet and i yeah i totally understand do you have a preference like do you do you like one one sort of lifestyle over the other or is it like kind of like one hand washes the other i gotta use that in every podcast yeah. now <laughs> um that is a good question i think i like being home honestly i yeah. i think i've you know maybe it's just that i'm getting older <laughs> not that i'm old but no. i don't know i just <laughs> you know uh i love being home and being able to cook and um you know and make flower pots and just kind of be like yeah homebody yeah um, so I think it's nice. It, uh, yeah, it is nice to be able to tour maybe for like a few weeks, but then I'd, I wouldn't want to do much more than that at a time. Yeah, I think, and I will say, cause I am older. I do yeah. 
I still miss <laughs> like I, I I'll put like I'll be like I gotta do a tour and I'll just put like a couple weeks together. Yeah. And then probably towards the end of it, like we just did this. The last one we did was October. Mm-hmm. And by like the third week, I was like, my back hurt. And like, I was missing cooking like my own food. Yeah. And, and I had to, I think the one thing I do more now than ever, and I'm even doing it on this trip is uh, I have to work out. Like I have to <laughs> stay in a hotel with a gym and stay like, like limber on some level. Sure. Um, because I feel like that's the one thing that affects me in every way, mentally, how I'm going to play or show up. Right. Um, I have to feel sort of physically. And and I think that people that I've talked to, like yourself and other people that tour, that's the one thing everyone kind of says. Like there's yeah. people that are tour junkies and they love, you know, the travel. And and uh, I think I'm in the middle too. I think I like, yeah. I like to have the bothism going mm-hmm. on. Limited mileage. How is this Broadway shutdown? Like what's the, what was the feel this week? Like yeah. talking to talking to your peers and like, you know, from a personal perspective, I mean, I know we're all dealing with it, so I'm, I'm not, sure. I'm not expecting you to have some sort of zeitgeist answer, but I'm just curious because it's Broadway. Right. Yeah. I mean, wow. Uh, I think we all kind of knew that it would probably happen. I'm surprised that it's a month long. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it would be that long. I thought it maybe would be a couple weeks, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's bizarre just being like, Oh wow. Like I don't have any work now. Um, and I, I, you know, am uh, thankful that I'm not in a situation. I don't have children. Um, you know, I'm not in a situation where this is like really gonna ruin my life. (laughs) You know, yeah, no, Um, I know it's not funny at all, but like a lot, I, I know people that it's going to be, this is going to be like just so hard and, and devastating in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure as like, it's only been a couple days so far. Yeah. I think we don't even know what that means fully, but. And I think with all this stuff, it's not just the artists and the performers, it's everything around it. You know, it's, it's the tourism. Um, you know, I'm staying at the Ace Hotel in Midtown and I talked to them yesterday and they're like, we had like a 60% cancellation this week for the next month. Wow. Yeah. And if you, you know, start adding those numbers up over time, I mean, the economic impact is, oh, yeah. is kind of massive. And, and, and yeah. you know, as well as I do, artists aren't exactly, you know, artists generally live on the margins. Right. You know, right. it's not like they're um, sandbagging right. a bunch of money and doing it for fun. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Um, is there any sort of like, have you, have you got a feel from like any sort of like, um, groups like, like union groups or, um, whoever like owns the musical that they're going to like try to help people out? Is there, has there been any mention of like, you know, putting a fund up or anything like that? There is, I mean, we've been hearing a little bit from the union that like, I guess there's, there's going to be some kind of effort to get some help. I'm not sure how, like where that money comes from or how that's going to happen. But so we don't know a lot right now, but I know they are, you know, really working on that to try to get some help for everybody because it affects so many people. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's one of those weird things where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hitting everybody quote unquote, but it's really hitting to me people that already aren't in a, in a position of, you know, comfort for lack of a better word. Um, you know, people that drive cabs and people that work in restaurants and it, it, it's shocking to me that maybe this is a reckoning on some level, (laughs) you know, like we can like, we can all kind of look at this from whatever position we're in in society and philosophically and say we can do better. Right. Um, I have a tour coming up at the end yeah. of uh, April, May. And I don't think, I mean, I was oh, talking wow. to Vanessa Silverman, who I did a podcast with yesterday, um, who's one of the people that's we were going to tour together. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, what do we do? Like, do we wait and see? Do we just say, let's not, let's push it to like spring. I mean, sorry, fall, you know, like we don't. And luckily both of us are like flexible, you know, it's not, but you know, you look at these big tours and, and artists like, you know, bad religion, you know, who I follow and and the super suckers, like these kind of like 
tried and true road people. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's all their income. I know. Yeah. I mean, this is a great time to ask <laughs> this question. What else do you yeah. do? Like, yeah. like, like <laughs> you said you like to cook and like, like what's I your do. plan? What's your plan? Yeah, no, that's, that is a great question. Um, yeah. I, well, I, I, this is a perfect time I feel to record and write yeah. shit, you know, yeah. like that yeah. we can do, which is really cool. And, and I feel like when I'm really, you know, busy with this kind of like the Broadway show and, um, I don't have enough time to actually focus on something. So, you know, I, I produce my, my partner's project and she's a really badass guitarist and singer. And, uh, you should give her a shout out. Yeah. Mishti, Mishti music. Yeah. She's she's awesome. M I S H T I. But so we have a few songs released and we really need to release more stuff. So that's one thing I would like to work on. Um, during this time. And also I have a couple other friends that I've been trying to work with uh, for a while. So, and you know, production wise. So I think this is the time, you know? Yeah. Take a deep breath and keep creating in another way. Exactly. Yep. Um, and also just like spring cleaning around the house, you know, like <laughs> now I can actually like get rid of some stuff. Yeah. Scrub the coronavirus away. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was sitting in my hotel room, I guess it was Thursday. What's today? Saturday. I think it was Thursday when they announced Broadway was closing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had just a bunch of like stickies with like character development for the musical Mm -hmm. that I'm working on. And then I met with someone who might be a co-writer on it. And uh, because that's also why I came to just like meet with folks and shake some hands. Well, bump some elbows. Yeah. And um, I think the thing we both the thing we both talked about was, and this is the optimistic view, there's going to be a ravaging need for people to get back in a room with other people. For sure. After being, you know, cloistered, <laughs> you right. know, and, uh, and secluded. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, you know, as someone who's been at this live music game for 20 plus years, I, I hope that's what happens. Like, I hope... I hope people realize how important it is for us to congregate, you know? Yes. Because outside of Broadway, and and maybe this is a great, I'd love to get your perspective on this. Like you have a very interesting kind of trifecta of how you've performed and what situations Mm -hmm. you've performed. Do you feel that live music and how people come to see it, um, do you like when you compare to like the Cindy gig to like the Alanis gig? Yeah. Like maybe talk a little bit about the difference in, I, we already talked about how you feel, but how right. do you think the audiences are feeling? Like not being able to see live music or. Well, more so like when you're out on the road playing mm-hmm. these songs with Cindy or yeah. you're in the theater every night playing these Alanis Morissette songs. Like what right. do you think audiences are getting out of both of those sort of interactions. Oh, wow. Well, hmm. I mean, I would say for, for this particular musical, um, that it's, it's actually less about the music than it is about the show, like about Mm -hmm. the actual plot. It's pretty heavy, um, written by Diablo Cody who wrote Juno, the movie for you listeners. Yes. Um, and That's a while it's, ago it's actually, now, isn't it? I know, right? Jeez. Totally. Yeah. So, so I think, um, you know, the music brings a lot of people in, like, to come and want to see the show. Yeah. But I think that it's actually like, you know, uh, overshadowed. Dare I say, by the heaviness of the. Issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, th- I think that being said, I think it's very different. I mean, like Cindy is this, you know, just incredible performer who, who is amazing at just getting people to feel, I don't know, like empowered and like excited. And I mean, right. Girls just want to have fun is like yeah. the epitome of that and getting like young girls to get up on stage and sing with us and, it's it's just a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's a much different energy. And this is like, wow, like people are just like, you know, there's a lot of crying and <laughs> sure. So, uh, hopefully they they've learned a lot from seeing the show. Do you think people so come in it. with one expectation because it's jagged little pill? Yes, absolutely. And yeah. then they walk away. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh. That's what I've read about. It. I have <laughs> I clearly haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I certainly, like, I was one of those people. Like, when I first started rehearsing at the show and, like, seeing some of these scenes while we were rehearsing, I was just, like, I mean, in tears. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah. We were on the, uh, we did the Airstream tour, my wife and I and the dogs last year, and we listened to so many, we were podcast freaks because you have a lot of time driving. And we listened to Alanis's podcast. Which oh, awesome. Are, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's very self-helpy, like very mm-hmm. self-helpy. And it was it was one of those things where like we put the first episode on and I think the first thing you realize, and I think this might be what you're talking about, is we can have a perception of a sliver of someone, a celebrity, an actor, right. a friend, but what there's so much underneath that that we don't know. Sure. And uh, I think that to me, you know, like people, when she came out, I mean, I remember I was working at a department store and it was the first time I heard the big hit. What was it? Um, You I ought to know. What? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, ooh, she's angry at him. Right. <laughs> like, like that was all I had. Right. right. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have the whole record. I didn't have however, what was it? Like six sure. singles, seven singles. Well, and people that still out. think that too, you know, like, yeah. oh, so, so angry. Yeah. Well, and I remember, you know, being a nerd at that point for music, like reading about how it was made and how it was so DIY and it was done in that producer's like bedroom or whatever. And, and you just realized like, it was pretty punk, like, like right. way more punk than, than the delivery method. Sure. You know, which was at yeah. that time FM radio. Do you think that that's something you see in doing this musical where, People think it's one thing, and then they're actually being fed this entire other narrative. Wow. That's interesting. I do. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, a lot of people that come to see Broadway musicals in general are like, they're they're looking for one kind of thing, right? Like one kind of entertainment. And um, yeah, Uh, that's very interesting. Yeah. And and I yes, I would agree. <laughs> I'm working, yeah. I'm because the thing I'm writing is kind of a there's a there's a similarity to it where it's 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 there's a candy coating to it, but it's there's a there's a depth to it that I'm hoping to achieve. And right. I think that we're in this weird time where people want, you know, the real story. Right. I think. But then it's like, do they really want the real story? Like, uh-huh. are they more interested in like this thing that's gonna fit easily into whatever they're bringing, you know, like, like what's their perspective. Right. All right. That got heavy. No, I think, yeah. um, Totally. I think that Diablo Cody in our particular show, like did a good job of giving some, some of those heavy messages with, you know, still like making it something that people can, you know, they might not like get all of those. messages but yeah yeah, or yeah or just like um you know it seems to be well received by people from different like let's say political standpoints and uh they might not get that like they're (laughs) i what am i trying to say they it it might like go over some people's heads i think sure and that's okay and they might not take from it like you know what it actually means I kind of think like great songs, great art, it, it you, you bring to it what you, what you want. Yeah. And like, I, I'll tell you, like, I'll talk about one of my favorite movies, Blade Runner, like yeah. it came out in like 1982. And then I was in a college class where we had to watch it. And every time I watch that movie, I still watch it. I actually just watched it like two weeks ago. Cause it was like served to me on one of the, one of the services. It's something different. Like I get something completely different out of it. And I think that right. that, I think even great art, sometimes the creators don't even have that, you know, they, they're not a hundred percent in control of that either. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, that's true. Like how often do you like read an interview with a songwriter and like the interviewer is like, well, yeah, so you wrote the song and like, it's about this, right? <laughs> and the singer, the, the, the savvy ones are always just like, well, you know, if that's what it means to you, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, except I don't know. It's, I think that it's interesting to see Broadway long-term because I've been thinking a lot about this since I've been here, Yeah. how it was such escapism for people for so long right? because there wasn't other media really. Right. And now it's almost the opposite. People want to, I feel like they want to walk away with something. Like what's Mm -hmm. my takeaway. Right. And maybe that's the difference like between you playing a show with Cindy where people come for that moment of like excitement. Yeah. And playing like a Broadway musical. Right. Actually. Yeah. Um, I'm working on the new Michael Jackson musical, which I I don't know if I mentioned to you before. You did not. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of which, right? <laughs> How long's that been on the burner somewhere? Uh, for years. Yeah. 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 And we've been we've done like some labs uh, over the last I would say couple years. We've done like you know like month long labs. So, and it's actually opening this summer. I'm assuming <laughs> that well, this doesn't change the schedule, but tickets have been on sale already. And uh, yeah, so preview start July 6th and it opens August 13th. That's amazing. Yeah, it's the whole art versus the artist type thing. Right. And I mean, we've seen it because of, you know, a lot of the Me Too stuff in the last couple of years. Just it's been happening again and again. Yeah. And a lot of that is like access. Like there just was never access to people's private lives the way there is now. Right. And in this case, to the point where the past private lives, like whatever you think about that whole issue, he's not here to talk about it. That's so, true. Yep. Um, I think, I think after I watched the documentary, yeah. Every time I heard the beat of Billie Jean, maybe I thought about it a little differently, but that mm-hmm. kind of, it kind of went away. Like mm-hmm. it got me back to the music. And I think that, I think that we do need to be aware of, you know, how people are affecting other people's lives, but yeah. what's the scale there? Like here's someone that sold more records than maybe anyone. I don't know. Right. And yeah. You know, it's it's almost like it's almost like the coronavirus. Like right. how many that, how long do we have to stay inside to make sure the numbers, you know, the yeah. ratio, yeah. like what ratio are we looking at for um, the good versus the not so good? I don't know. Yeah. And I sometimes think people like and, and I'm not saying that about this, but sometimes people have a little too much time on their hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I'm like, maybe you should go write your own musical or movie or song versus being online and continually, you know, having just spending your money on opinions. Well, sure. And, you know, right. And people are, of course, entitled to that. You know, unfortunately, a lot of the opinions are, you know, they're just people they're they're uninformed. Like they don't actually know the information and they're just deciding what it is or limited knowledge. How, um, I always like to ask questions of my creative friends. How have you dealt with, uh, I'm going to use the word criticism, but not in a negative way. How do you deal with, if you read something about your playing or your music or who you Ooh. are, how does that, um, how do you throw that in the mix of, of your creativity? How do I throw it in the mix of my creativity? Wow. Can you give me, has that happened to you? Yes. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm, it sounds like you have experience with this. Well, Can you, you know, give me an example? Yeah. Back in the, back in the two thousands, yeah. um, it was a time when we were still making CDs and you could send CDs to writers and they would write it like they would write reviews. Yeah. And I remember very early, like when I first made a f- my first couple records, I was like, I would just like, kind of like live and die by what these people were saying. Mm. I mean, times have changed dramatically. Um, but I'm wondering if, if like for me, I, I think there were some moments where I might've paid attention too much. Right. 
Um, I had one that said like, uh, it was a negative review uh-huh. <laughs> and it, it compared the record to, it said, we're just, we're just a bunch of people that think we can be the Foo Fighters. <laughs> oh, wow. And I first was like, fuck you, man. And then I was like, wait a minute. I take that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was just curious, like, have you, you know, has it happened where like, have you gotten feedback or like? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a side musician. So like, you know, luckily I'm kind of like out of that line of fire, you Got know, yeah. um, where it's not that like you never have an opportunity to be critiqued, right. but not, not as much, you know, Yeah, I would definitely say. And I think, you know, a lot of us as side musicians, like that's part of why we chose to be side musicians, maybe, you know, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's part oh, of it. Like, I don't want to be like, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to be or could be like, take that, like being criticized like, all the time. Yeah, like and your not personality, caring. like your personality doesn't like necessarily put yourself up for that. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, like, I feel like I want to do my best and like support the artist or like try to help accomplish whatever vision is here. And if that vision gets, you know, shit on, then I, then like I don't feel as bad because right. I, I was just doing my job. Right. Hey, man, <laughs> I was I was I was just uh, pitching right. the pitching the wind sail here. You know, did you yeah. see the Did you see the documentary Hired Gun? No, I didn't. I've heard oh. about this, but no. Well, now that you have plenty of time. I know, um, tonight. It's pretty fascinating. And it talks to people that worked with like uh, Kiss and, uh, well, Billy Joel's the big one, his drummer. And it talks about being the person that's behind the the, the artist for a long yeah. time. And, and not sort of being on that receiving end of the mm -hmm. good or the bad. Right. You know? Yeah. I think you would right. really, I'd be, I would love to talk to you about it after you see it because it's super fascinating. It'll, I think it'll make you not like certain artists after you watch it. Yeah. Well, you know, we, yeah, I, I think we can definitely all relate to that, you know, like seeing the real, <laughs> what actually happens. Yeah. Have you ever gotten the, oh wow, she can really play. You mean like about me or like <laughs> because because or, oh it's a it's a woman with a guitar. Yes, of course. Yeah, or or the you know even worse that like people don't expect you to play at all. Right. Like forget right. that you can really play, but yeah. that you're like oh like honey are you carrying your your is your is are you carrying your boyfriend's guitar? Like I've gotten that oh. so many times. Oh. You know, in in New York City. I wow. mean, it's this is not like we're not we're lucky, um, you know, where people are. I feel like they see more uh, diversity in this field, but still people are people. And like, yeah, you expect to see a certain thing, you know, it's shocking. So, yes, to me that, definitely got that. Yeah. Do you remember Jennifer Baton? I think that was her name. Jennifer Baton. She was Michael Jackson's oh, guitarist. Yeah, Batten. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. a shredder. I mean, man. I think it. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those live videos from that, the tours she did with him were just like, I would watch her tour. I would watch her solo and be like, fantastic. I mean, I haven't been to Nam in a couple of years, but, um, she's, she's often like demoing stuff. She's actually who I'm kind of supposed to be playing in the Michael Jackson show because, uh, the premise of the show is that it takes place in 1992 rehearsing for the dangerous tour, uh, which was her. Got it. So, yeah. So you've been studying her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so excited. I'm excited that you're doing it. Oh, me too. The, uh, this one, I'm just like so, so stoked for. I mean, knowing that like for the last couple of years that I was working on it and just loving being such a big fan of his music. And How do you at this point, how do you determine like what is the thing you should go for? Because, you know, time is finite. <sighs> That is such a good question. And I'm, I think I'm at another stage where I'm like trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, I've been fortunate where things have kind of just kind of flown into the next thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and like when something ends, like I said, when the Meredith show ended, 
um, the Cindy opportunity presented itself. And I feel like I feel very fortunate to have had that repeatedly in my life. However, (laughs) when that happens, right, you don't really ever like you're kind of just like rolling with the punches in a way and they're great punches. But yeah, yeah, like, do you ever are you ever doing like whatever you actually would do? You know, like if you had a choice, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I think like I'm, I recently went through that. Like I quit working full time and started my Mm -hmm. own thing. And I think when the time comes, when, when those decisions, the decision of how you make decisions is made for your, for you, you kind of know, you'll be like, oh yeah. You know, I think knowing what to say no to becomes like, yeah, almost like a mantra. Limited knowledge. I appreciate that. That, that we took the time. I end every episode with eight questions called the grateful eight. Okay. And each one is about like, what is your greatest? So don't think too hard. Oof. Okay. Don't think too hard. And, uh, Ooh. all right. Are you re- Are you ready for the speed <laughs> round? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> okay. Question one. What is the greatest concert you've ever seen? Absolutely. The Madonna on this past tour. No, um, this tour? Yes. Did you see it? I didn't. I heard, I heard a lot of I heard a lot of controversy. Oh, I mean, and bef- no, it was in- absolutely incredible. I saw it at BAM, like which is so cool to see her in a, a small theater where you're like yeah. really close. And I just think it was like a beautiful piece of art. And she, you know, they they didn't let people bring their phones. Yeah. So they like they sealed them up and it it was just so I don't know. The way she commands the audience and I think she's great at clearly great at delegating, uh, you know, the best people that do like art direction and graphics and choreography. And it's just, it's just so many things together that are incredible. And so, and even before that was my favorite, it was her show at Yankee stadium, uh, on the MDMA tour. Madonna, wow. No, not the drug. Right, MDNA. Right. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. That's amazing. And I, you know what? I guess I should see her because I never have. It's incredible. Yeah. Question two. Mm-hmm. What is the greatest meal you've ever eaten? Oh, boy. Um, you know what? I would say um, I, went, I went and stayed at the Savoy Hotel uh, when I was – uh, a young teenager and this was probably like before my yeah this was like I think my my father passed away when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and this was like probably the last vacation that we took together which you know not to be not not to make a sob story but yeah. we we ate dinner at the Savoy Hotel and and I remember I was just starting to like smoked salmon which you know <laughs> right was as a new yorker you i was know. gonna say yeah that's i know the law. i know um and so i was just starting to like it and of course of course was so spoiled by the fact that they brought over you know an entire salmon that was smoked and just sliced it right at oh, the table yeah. and so i i remember that night that very is, well i think if i was there i might agree with you that sounds amazing it was Question three, what is the greatest moment you've had since starting your business? And by that, I mean becoming a professional musician. Ooh, the greatest moment that I've had. Hmm. That's tough. I feel like if I think really hard, I (laughs) might not be what I would say now. Um, you know, I, I just when I got, I guess when I got the um, the Meredith Vieira show, like yeah. that also happened really um, unexpectedly and immediately. And just no, I just when I got confirmation that I had that gig, just to think that I was going to be on national television every day was just like I, that feeling was pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, and all everyone, I mean, I, I would assume everyone was like me. I was just so like over the moon for you. I'm like, this is amazing. Uh-huh. Thank you. It was such a cool thing. <laughs> it was it was cool. Question four. Yeah. What is the greatest compliment you've ever been given? Ooh. Another great question. Um I well, like I said, like as a as a 
as a side musician, I actually, I feel very passionate about, uh, about supporting the artist and like helping like create whatever they're going for. And, and sometimes it's more spontaneous with certain artists. It's, it's more something that like I couldn't practice for, but it, it happens. Yeah. Um, and I feel like uh, Jill Sobule is an artist who I perform with and Mm. she is one of those people that's like, so in the moment and, We've had some, I mean, I love playing with her, but there have been like some moments that were just like, wow, that was incredible. And um, anytime I get a compliment from Jill about like when I went, her reaction to me, like creating that with her is, yeah. is like amazing to me. I just, yeah, it means a lot to me. Yeah. I love people like that that are in your life. And when they say things and they're just the positivity, you just are like, it's like it warms you up. Right. Right. Absolutely. How do we how do we get more people to be like that? That's not a question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> question 5. What is your greatest time of year? Ooh. Um I love the fall. Oh yeah. I mean if that's what you mean by <laughs> I love the fall and just New York and just the way it feels when it starts to get a little chilly, but I don't know. It's nostalgic for me, I guess. Like when you think about like going back to school and just kind of getting, getting into things. Leather weather. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I miss that in California. We don't really have it. Yeah. In fact, I I just, I just got served an ad on Instagram. There's some company in LA closing that does leather jackets. And I'm like, should I just get a leather jacket? (laughs) <laughs> yes. Because I haven't had one for 10 years. Like I, I moved to California and the one I had in New York, you know, I wore it for years and it fell apart anyway. Right. But I might have to reinvest. Absolutely. Question six. What is the greatest year of your life so far? Mm. Um, man. Well, I guess I would say I would say that year that I got the Meredith show. It was yeah. really, really exciting and new and unexpected. Um, which was two thousand fourteen. Right? Yeah. Fourteen. Good, good year. Yeah. Question seven. What is your greatest regret? Ooh. <laughs> greatest regret. Doing this podcast. I know. This is number seven, huh? <laughs> Oh, um, I don't know if it's my greatest regret, but I've, I've always regretted like not practicing as much throughout. Yeah. Come on. Well, I know that's not, I'm not fishing here. Like I'm, I've actually, um, (laughs) Because I had a, I, I think like growing up playing when you start so young and then like study in college, I feel like you really have all this time and opportunity to just be like, to just learn everything. Yeah. And, and there are like certain areas where I just kind of like, I wasn't interested. What the bottom line is I would have liked to be really good at it, but I didn't, you know, care enough to like spend all my time on it. Yeah. And I kind of regret not biting the bullet on some of those things. And like, cause I, you know, I would have, there, there are some moments now where I feel like, uh, not fully equipped to play, you know? Oh, interesting. (laughs) Like, like I'm weak on this or like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like, damn it. It's not too late though. So when I say that, I really should. Yeah. Now is the time. (laughs) Now is the time. Dude, get out your, uh, how to play guitar. Exactly. Your cassette tapes. What was, um, who's that guy? Is he still around? Dan, something can teach you guitar. Oh yeah, sure. There you go. Give him a call. Give him a call. What is his name? Dan Smith. I think it's Dan Smith. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hey Dan. Hey Dan. I bet he's doing (laughs) virtual lessons now. If he's still around. Yeah. Just because of the coronavirus, don't grab one of those little paper tabs. Just don't, (laughs) don't touch it. Take a picture with your phone. (laughs) Okay. Last question. Okay. What is the greatest advice you've gotten or can give? Oh yeah. Um you know, my a good friend of mine, this guitar player Chris Bono. Um he I've no I met him when I started working at um 
and well, I was a student at the National Guitar Workshop, which was like a summer program. And I think I was like 15, 16, and he was teaching there. And um, we kind of, we kept in touch like all throughout the years and we still like gig once in a while together. But he, when I finished college and I was just trying to, like I had gone on the road with this band, uh, Mustang Sally for a year. And um, I, when I left that band and came back to New York, I know this is like a long way of me saying this, but I was (laughs) not sure, you know, like what I was going to do. And if I could like actually make it as a guitar player, like if I should try. And he um, he gave me such great advice about like how to go about doing that and that I could do that. Um, And he was like, look, he's like, you know, get like if you have like I so I had a waitressing job up in Poughkeepsie, New York. And he was like, just a few nights a week, just go, go look at the Village Voice, go see bands, uh, go see like songwriter showcase just go see people play and yeah. meet people. And that is when I met you, Greg Hoy. Yes, that's right. And you're like playing with your band was actually like one of the first gigs I had in New York City. Oh. And and uh but that was Chris's advice. Yeah. And he was and it it, it absolutely is the best advice someone ever gave to me was that just go see people play. <laughs> just go yeah. meet people. And like one, you know, you play with somebody like one person calls like Greg Hoy calls you for a gig and then you play with them and then you meet so and so. And it's just like. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Well, I'm honored to be a part of that, first of all. And second of all, I think a lot of people get too afraid to do that nowadays because there's so much yeah. like people just want to because of the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Like these I, I, days. Honestly, it's like that's to no. me the thing I'm worried no. about more than anything is that lack yeah. of, you know, bumping into people is how your life should be. Like that's how you should, yes. you know, you roll with who you meet and, you know, it's everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a way, you know, I think it's a way that certain people like us prescribe to. Um, but I think mm. people, I think people would be way more satisfied in their twilight years if they looked back and they see mm-hmm. all the amazing opportunities they kind of had just by interacting, you know, in that oh, way. Oh, yeah. And I would, yeah, and to add to that, I would say that a lot of, let's say, young, like musicians that I see, like that are coming up right now, like in their early 20s. And like, I think people rely on social media a lot now. Yeah. Um, you know, like how many followers you have and everything. And I'm I have, obviously it's a great tool and important, but it's still like, I, I still don't see people getting a lot of gigs that way. Like it's yeah. certainly not in New York and I could be wrong, but like, that's not like when people call me, it has nothing to do with that. Right. Right. Because it's the in-person thing. That's what it's all yeah. about. It's how, it's how about we communicate, how we interact. Right. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. Well, Alex, thank you so much for, uh, we made lemonade out of lemons. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Greg. Thanks Um, for having me. Yeah. And clearly, uh, I'm gonna, this trip will be, I'll be coming back to do it. Excellent. Yeah. And um, and when you want to come see the show, let me know. Yes. Yeah. I will. All right. We'll take care. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hard to believe that was only last weekend. Like us, won't you, on iTunes. Check us out on Spotify. And always at www.limitedmileage.com. Stay safe. Limited Mileage.